in West Wales in powerful ways, in a sustained way over recent years. And so I would encourage us all to take advantage of the fact that there are some resources here today available to us. Um, this is the first book uh, that documents what God has been doing at Falderbrennan, and it's called The Grace Outpouring. Who, who's come across that before? A lot of us. Can we recommend it? Yes. Most definitely. It made me cry in a good way. So um, this is a great book to buy and give as a gift to somebody as a taster of what is possible these days. And uh, Roy has a new book out that he's been saying something about this weekend called The Way of Blessing because much of what the Holy Spirit has been doing in and through this group of people at Falderbrennan has been because they have embrace the truth that they have a ministry of blessing and in fact all of us who belong to Jesus who are in the royal priesthood have a call to the ministry of blessing and uh, I, I finished this book just the day they arrived on Friday and I can highly recommend it it's powerful stuff so this, these will just be here today so please do take advantage of this. Um, are we able to do credit card pay We can do credit card payments at the end. We'll keep this open for about 20 minutes at the end before we have to pack up and go. So, um, where's that lovely Ruth? Roy and Daphne, would you like to stand for a moment? I'm going to ask Ruth just to pray for you as you come to speak. Get yourself set up, Roy. Is that a suitable height? Do you want it a bit higher? Thank you. Right, that's okay. Just stand for them. You can still be Just blessed. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for Roy and Daphne and all that they have experienced and the encouragement that that is to us because we know somebody has done it before so we've got courage to speak into it and do it for ourselves father i pray now that you will bless them both with your peace with your strength with your uh, encouragement because it's hard work lord traveling around and talking to all of us we look at them and think oh that's fine but actually i know it's very hard and so father i pray that you will give to them more than they give to us while we're here that you will clarify um, roy's mind as to exactly what he wants him to say and that you will pour your blessings out on us and them together. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. I have a word for you. One word. Chill. <laughs> if you uh, have been here at any other point over the weekend, uh, well, Friday, Saturday, um, I can tell you it's a lot cooler this evening than it, than it has been, isn't it? This morning. Is it morning? This morning is a lot. <laughs> Uh, well, I wonder if I can just update you a little bit before I do anything else. Um, it's always slightly awkward now when somebody talks about Daphne and I coming from the retreat centre. Because when we arrived 18 years ago at Falderbrennan, that's what it was called. Um, it, that doesn't mean it necessarily 
functioned as a Christian retreat center. But it depends how you want to, to, to define a retreat center, I think. It certainly was a quiet place, and people could come aside there. Um, and that's what Falder Brennan, which is a Christian trust, had initially been set up to do, to provide a place, which was called Falder Brennan, um, to which people could come. Now, the work of the retreat center is a very small part of the ministry of Falder Brennan, Falder Brennan Trust. So, Falder Brennan is actually a missions movement. And uh, we, we now find ourselves involved in nations around the world, working in very many languages. And you may have heard, if you were here at all over the last couple of days, um, that we've just, in fact, had quite a missions month in terms of people from nations pouring in to this remote little place um, called Falderbrennen. So nowadays we are from Falderbrennen as opposed to from the retreat center. So the retreat center is still there. It operates, it functions in quite a different way to, uh, to, to how it would have functioned right at the beginning. It's developed and matured. It's far more intentional and wonderful things happen. We had a couple who arrived um, a week ago today. And uh, that's very unusual. Normally people arrive on a Friday and leave on a late Sunday or early Monday. So we have two sort of changeover periods in general. But this couple arrived on Sunday. And we have a lovely resident couple who welcomed them and said, how are you? And the woman just, they'd never seen this couple before. And the woman just said, well, actually, I'm really not well. And actually, I'm in so much pain. Would you mind just praying for me? And so our team member just said, sure, let's just do that now. Spoke about three words, and the woman went, oh, what's happened? And she said, what do you mean? She said, well, my pain's gone. What did you do? (laughs) Well, it's not always like that every day. But it is like that a great deal. And we have people pouring in from nations literally all around the world. Um, And uh, we don't advertise, we don't send for people, we don't look for people. We we always assume that we're working uh, at a minimum of double capacity. So we expect at any time, or the majority of the time, that there will be as many people staying in our network of homes in the community around us as there are actually staying in Felderbrenn. We're full. I'll, I'll let you into a secret. Tomorrow, we open our bookings at Felderbrenn for 2018. The year will be full, I suspect, by Friday. Um... So beyond there, people need to stay in local homes. question is, why do people come? It's all word of mouth. Why do they come? Um, There are not as many Christian retreat centers around as there used to be, but there are still quite a lot. Why why do they pour in um, so that we struggle at times to cope with all the numbers? Because it's rumored that Jesus is in the house. That's why they come. And they come saying, Lord, could even I meet you? And because the stories travel, and I've got to say for Daphne and I nowadays, the majority of stories that we hear about what God does with people at Falder Brennan, we don't hear them at Falder Brennan. We hear them when we're traveling. Like, or from our B&B ladies. Yes, who say, isn't it amazing what happened to our guests last week? And we say, well, I don't know. what." And so they tell us, which is really wonderful. Uh, and then during the year, we have conferences and uh, training times so that we can equip people so they can go out and get on with their daily lives but better equipped. And that there is a way of describing us um, I hope it's not too clumsy. It's, it's, I like things brief and simple. 
Um, you have heard the phrase before. It's not only applicable to us, but um, contemplative activists. Contemplative activists. We want to value the time that we spend in the presence of the Lord, just being with him. Now, we need to intercede, we need to cry out to God and so on. But that's not specifically what I mean. What I mean is we want to be able to spend time simply being with him, resting with him. Preferably with the Bible to hand. But we know that he gives dreams and visions and words. He can speak to us in many ways. But fundamentally and always checked through his written word. And we want to be with him. David wrote and said, one thing I seek, one thing I ask for, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon your beauty. And we want to to learn to do that. In, In the Psalms, I think English translators sometimes have a little bit of difficulty because it's not quite English. But there are um, there are several places where the psalmist writes, um, and it's translated in English, um, praise the Lord for it is good. Praise the Lord for it is good. But actually the Hebrew doesn't say that. The Hebrew says... Praise the Lord, for he is beautiful. That's rather different, isn't it? Not very English, is it? Praise the Lord, for he is beautiful. How how often do you hear people saying, God is beautiful? How how often have you ever been out on on a busy street and hear somebody calling out, God is beautiful? But that's what it says. We want to learn to value coming into his presence. And the busier we are, the more we need to stop and do it. And to say, under all the pressure, the most important thing we can do with our time, and the most valuable thing we can do with our time, because we're so busy, is to stop and be with him. And then to our amazement still, after all these years, our experience is that when we do that, this great list of pressures is simply handled. We seem to sail through everything. So we want to be with him, but in coming to be with him, we know that we must be sent as well. Our call initially to be with him and then to be sent. That's what we read in Mark's Gospel. That's still the call that we have, to come and be with him and then to be sent So that sort of pattern, um, years ago, um, we would have talked about our surprise when people from different nations started turning up at Falderbrennan. Well, nowadays they do it so much more, but they do it with structure, uh, not all of them. Many still come from the nations they did this week, simply because God seemed to draw them. But we just had a gathering of leaders that represent most of the nations on earth, which is an absolutely astonishing thing to say, who are working in their own nations, either a year into it or about to launch this year, networks of local houses of prayer using our material. But we send teams and people out now. Not only do, um, do people come to us, but we go out to them. And we facilitate and um, seek to release what God is doing. I find it so fascinating the way that that God works. Uh, Only a few weeks ago we were in Norway and we started singing a song in Norwegian. And we were joining in and I just found there was a point in the song in Norwegian. I don't speak Norwegian but you can read it phonetically. Um, And... I found each time we sang it, we were there for a while and we sang it numerous times uh, during our our time in Norway. Every time we sang this song in Norwegian, um, I just got hit by the Holy Spirit. 
absolutely walloped, overwhelmed with joy. And, and I thought, we've got to find out what this song is. So when we got home, um, I looked the song up in Norwegian and then Googled it and turned it into English and found it. It's the song that we just sang. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forever. And the spot where the Holy Spirit came each time, uh, we didn't know what we were singing. And it was the angel's roar for Jesus Christ. So when we sang it in English, next time we got the opportunity at Falder Brennan, guess what happened? The Holy Spirit just came with such power. So for us at the moment, when, when we sing that song at Falder Brandon, it's like saying we'll turn the overwhelming tap on at that point. And what we mean is we're going to sing that song. And every time. But, but the weight of it has shifted uh, in the last week. And uh, I couldn't sing the last verse this morning. Because I, I would just have been totally undone. Um, when he comes, I, and I would just say the words, I will arise. Not just the general thing. Well, of course, one day we'll see him as he is. But on the day when he comes, I will arise with my eyes fixed on him. Isn't that amazing? I am going to arise and I'm going to see him. No more looking through a glass darkly there. Just face to face. And amongst everybody else who is um, he was being raised at the same time, he will have time for me. He will see me as I see him. Because time will be different. Well, that's just a little bit by way of where we are and what's going on. And um, we have been traveling more over the last year than we have ever traveled before. And this is the point where things for us uh, begin to slow down because God has spoken to us uh, a while ago and said we need to be more available in Wales. And that's what's going to be happening. And as you've heard, something is really stirring in Wales. And it's absolutely wonderful to hear. God has given so much promise. So just to comment on that so that we can move on. It matters to you, if you're in England, that God pours out his spirit in Wales. And the reason is that he has said, when he pours out his spirit in Wales, it's going to rush over the border into England like a tidal wave. Okay. Now, actually, I don't mind if um, we're totally deceived on that, and actually it starts right here. I'm really happy as long as it comes over the border. And if it doesn't come over the border, guess where I'm coming? I'll come here and fetch it back to Wales. But Father, we just say yes to your plan, to your purpose. We thank you for the sense that this is a special time. Father, at a time when this nation and nations are in some disarray, where there is uncertainty and challenge and division, we ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit. Where so many people's hope has been disappointed. Will you reveal the goodness of your love, the majesty of your grace, the glory of your beauty, and hope that does not disappoint. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I just want to look at some verses um, in uh, Psalm 24. You will know them very well. And it's from, actually I'm going to read the whole psalm because it's not very long. The context in which we live 
The earth is the Lord's. It isn't Satan's. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness of it. The world. And those who dwell therein. So not just the people. But the created matter. The earth and the people. Creation and the people. Everything that there is belongs to the Lord. He owns it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who's going to go up into his presence then? Who's going to meet with the person who who is fit to meet with God? Who can go into his presence? Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? You say, I don't want to simply be enabled to dip in and out at those magical moments of wonderful worship into the overwhelming presence of God or prayer or during a prophetic word or anything else that's going on. I want to know how to come when I'm able to and free to into his presence and stand there. I want to be able to stay in his presence. Only then can I gaze upon his beauty. Well, we're given the answer. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Oh, that's all right then, isn't it? That's most of us, isn't it? I don't think so. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Now, a mark of Satan is that he is the accuser of the brethren. So he likes to come along and condemn us because of what is in us, as well as what we have done or failed to do. But he comes to accuse. The Holy Spirit comes to encourage But his coming to encourage includes convicting of sin, not to hurt us and judge us in that sense of accusation or condemnation, but so that we can deal with that, get it out of the way. Just look at that stain. Ah, I hadn't seen what was in my life there. Lord, I'm sorry, I want to be free of that. I I don't want that in my life. I remember uh, somebody at, at Falder Brennan shouting, I've seen what's in me, get it out, top of a voice, get it out, get it out, I don't want it in me, get it out. Well, that <laughs> that is not a bad position to be in. It was a little bit dramatic, but that was a good position to be in. And what was that went, um, because the blood of Jesus can cleanse us and heal us. And set us free from our past. So we've got a problem. There is an access to the Father. We can go up to the holy hill. But who can? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. So that rules me out. Because I do not have clean hands and I do not have a pure heart. And it's only a sort of pseudo-Christian religious facade that would allow me to say, well, of course, yes, I, I, thanks be to God, my heart is pure, my hands are clean. Anybody makes any comment like that towards me, I say, have a word with Daphne, she'll tell you the truth. <laughs> don't I? I do. So I don't. But I really miss out, because... He then goes on and says, he will receive blessing from the Lord. He who goes up with a clean clean hands and a pure heart, he will receive blessing from the Lord. Well, I want God's blessing. 
and righteousness from the God of salvation, but I'm not, I'm not righteous, so I can't do it. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. What does this generation look like? It's those who want desperately to get through to God and can't make it. And that's the story of the whole of the Old Testament. The desire of people who feel that somehow there's a connection with God, that the God knows them, and they earnestly want to, to reach him, to know him, to discover who this God is, but they can't do it. And what's so difficult for them is that God keeps speaking to them through his word, through the prophets, saying, come, come. And they want to come, but they can't come. They trip up over their sins. They reform their laws, their rules, the way that their society behaves to seek to please God. But very quickly that fades away and they fall back into sin. They give in to temptation, they turn to other gods. And that failure and frustration of not being able to reach God is the story of the Old Testament. But not quite the whole story. Because there is a central theme that runs from the beginning of the Old Testament to the end of the Old Testament. And if you wanted to know the, um, the, the whole point of the Old Testament, you could summon it up. You could sum it up very, very easily and very clearly. And it's this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. That's the central theme of the Old Testament. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So here we have the whole of the Old Testament describing generation after generation after generation after generation of those who wanted to come into the presence of God and were unable to do it because of their sins. And in spite of all their rebellion, that at times were so severe, God had no uh, no choice in righteousness other than to come in judgment and say, I cannot allow this depth of sin and depravity to continue amongst my people. And the anger and the frustration and the pain of the people saying, you call us your people, but where are you? I'm here to be found by you, but we can't find you. And yet the story running, the theme running all the way through is that in spite of their sin and their rebellion, they're turning to worship other gods, their child sacrifice. His love never ceased. Because he cannot stop his flow of love. It never ceases. He directs his love. And it's forever. And it's immovable. It is steadfast. And there is nothing that you can do to make God love you more than he loves you. And there is nothing that you can do to make him love you less than he loves you. Because his love for you is not a a hundred billionth of his love, that tiny, tiny portion distributed between so much. It's all his love directed towards you, directed towards me, and it's forever. Now... I have to hold the pages because the fan is blowing them. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He 
is the king of glory. And I think one of the things that is coming through with the psalm, this, this inability to come into the presence of God, to, to, to be somebody who can honestly say, I have clean hands and a pure heart, to be able to come and stand in the presence of God without shame, is the sense of doors, of gates being closed. And we can't break through, we can't get through. The doors are doors that may open. The picture of the gates is like the, the portcullis that, that needs to be lifted up and raised. So be open doors, be lifted up gates. That the king of glory may come in. The blessing is out there. But there are doors that seem to shut it off. And I just wonder what your experience may be of your life at the moment. And the circumstances of your life. Are there areas where you know that you belong to God? You're his child. He's done for you. We're swinging into the New Testament story now, of course. That that God has done what we couldn't do, the story of the Old Testament. We couldn't come to him. So he humbled himself. He made himself weak. And in weakness and humility came to earth in the form of a baby to grow up in community, in a family, to go through all the, uh, the pain and growth of, of childhood and adolescence, to reveal God for us. To demonstrate that he is the one that we'd been waiting for. The one who does have clean hands and a pure heart. Who is able at any moment to come into the presence of his father and stay there. And be with him. To, to hear him. It's, it's a similar picture, isn't it, to the very beginning of the Old Testament where God creates Adam and Adam walks in the garden and is able to have open conversations with God. And the New Testament talks of Jesus as being the new Adam, the second Adam. And Jesus is able to walk on earth, come into the presence of God. And then God amazingly takes the cleanness of Jesus and clothes us with it, doesn't he? Gives it as, as a gift. So that what we could not obtain by our own efforts becomes a gift to us. And Jesus opens the way to us. He opens the way. So that we read in the New Testament that through Jesus now we have a new and living way. Where to? To the Father. So now suddenly I haven't got to try and climb the hill of effort and law and obedience and standards of, of life behavior but even a feeling and thought that are way beyond my capacity to control or manage. I've got to do that anymore. I don't have to try and climb that hill and keep falling down. I can simply come running into the Father's presence because of a new and living way that Jesus has opened for me. And the way is open. The doors are open. The door is open. Because Jesus, he says in John's Gospel, is the door. And the door is open for us. If you have heard this story before, because it's not a new one, please forgive me. But we find ourselves, I found myself, telling this story several times over the last couple of weeks. And it's about a weekend conference that we did. And amongst the people who were there were, were two older ladies. They were widows. And um, they, they both, they looked very similar to each other, didn't they? Silver hair. Uh, long silver hair tied back with a black ribbon. And um, 
what you might call Miss Marple kind of ladies. They're a lovely couple of ladies. And on the Friday and the Saturday, we'd been teaching uh, about the Ministry of Healing and explaining uh, some basics and how you begin to do that and so on. And then on the Sunday morning, we said, okay, we're going to do it. Uh, if anybody is in pain now, not somebody who's feeling sick, but anybody actually in pain or has limited movement, would you stand up? And many people did. And we said to everybody else, okay, you're the ministry team. So you now begin to do the things you've been learning. And these two ladies who were friends said, ooh, well. And they looked around. And uh, they saw a young woman who looked about 23, 24, a very clean-looking young woman, and said, doesn't she look lovely? Should we go minister to her? And the other one said, yeah, she reminds me of my granddaughter. And so they went over to her and said, are you in some pain? Yes, I am. Uh, is it okay then to minister healing to you? Yes, it is fine. So they stood there. And they, this is the first time. They're a little bit excited. And they haven't got it quite right. So they stand there. And, uh, and they say... Um, Sickness and pain, go. And this young woman opens her voice, and a very deep masculine voice comes out saying, I'm not going anywhere. And it shook them. So they said again, pain and sickness, leave this woman. And then it was, you leave. We don't want you here. We live here. This is our home. Notice the, the plural. And they thought, oh my goodness, we can't handle, we're, we're not going to do this. We'll find Roy or a, a friend of ours, who, mutual friend of yours actually as well, um, uh, who, was, who was sharing the teaching with me that weekend. Uh, we'll go and find them, they'll have to deal with this. And they heard God speak to them. And he said, you don't know Roy, you don't need Roy. You don't need Roy's colleague. You don't need anybody. Because you and me together can handle this. And they looked at each other, apparently, these two ladies, whilst all sorts of pandemonium was going on around them with people being healed and I don't know what. And uh, they found themselves breathing very confidently because God said he was with them. So they went back and they said, Now sickness, leave, pain, leave. No, you leave. We're not going. And they looked at each other and had a bit of conversation and said, something's not working here. And then they realized. And they said, in the name of Jesus, leave. And then the voice that came back was, oh, <laughs> if you're going to use his name, we've got to go. But we've been here a long, long time, many years. So we will go, but we'll just go a little bit at a time, step by step, because this is our home. So we will go, but, but just over a period of time, just gradually. And these two ladies became fierce. And I shall never forget this. I, it just catches my sense of humor. They spoke back to the voice coming out and said, Have you been in this conference all weekend and not listened to anything? <laughs> when we say to you, in the name of Jesus, you go, you're not allowed to discuss it. You go. Bang. It went. A young woman totally set free. I, I just love that. God is so good. Now, I may not be quite the tallest man in the room. I probably am definitely not. Um, but these two ladies were sort of that height to me. And they came up to me and they told me what had happened. And their faces were sort of quite apprehensive. And they said, did we do all right? You did very right. And, and, and what's going on? They and Jesus could handle it. Actually, with Jesus, 
they could handle anything. So when we come to the gates and the doors that seem to be closed to the release of God's blessing for us, we don't have to turn things on uh, on their head. We don't have to become those who wheedle and say, please move. When are those gates going to open? When's that going to to happen oh how long have we got to be caught here seemingly separated from the blessing and oh when are we getting going to get through into the fullness with jesus we can shift the gate we can move the doors we have the authority because jesus is with us to use his name just as those ladies do. There's no point in talking to doors and gates and telling them to shift or open unless you know where they are. How would you know whether they're opening or not? So where are the blockages? Where are the blockages? Where is the sense that that God seems to be um, so capable of keeping his word, his promise, and yet nothing's happening? And I'm not simply talking about timing in God's plans, but that sense of there is a block, and that, that block will not shift. Sometimes we tackle obstacles by making lots and lots of noise. And it may be sometimes that collectively making a lot of noise will help. Uh, we, we read about the war cry in the Old Testament, the, the teruha in, um, um, in, in Hebrew. Blessed are those who know that war cry, it says. Why? Because it's the cry of breakthrough. But what is the cry of breakthrough? that shifts the enemy, that causes the gates to open, um, the barriers to be lifted out of the way, so there is a clear way, so that deliverance and blessing can come. It's the name of Jesus, isn't it? Those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. He's saying more than salvation comes through the name of Jesus alone. That's true. It's wonderfully true. But that passage isn't simply simply saying that. The word for salvation is, is to do with the whole aspect of life. Those who call on the name of the Lord, wherever they need rescue, wherever they need deliverance, wherever they need movement, will be saved. God will come and grab them. We, we know of a church some years ago that were, were facing something that seemed to be a bit of a struggle and a very, very, very well-known pastor got up before the people and said, guys, this is what it says. If we call upon the name of the Lord, we'll be saved. Let's call on the name of the Lord. And they did so, I think it was about two weeks, and it became the quietest congregation in the UK. And the reason was they all lost their voices. All they did was meet together and call out on the name of Jesus. Uh, There was amazing breakthrough. I'm not suggesting that that's uh, something you should do. But, you know, the more authority we carry, the less noise we need to make. It's like the ladies. They didn't shout. They just said, I don't think you understand. When we tell you in the name of Jesus to go, you go. And we sometimes have to persist. Well, we persist. But we persist until the door is open. The way is open. A fullness of the blessing of God, provision of God is available for our lives. So I'm going to ask you to to do something uh, with me just for a moment. I would like just us to have a, a moment of quiet And just ask whether there is a a place in your life, individually, in the circumstances of your life, in your family, corporately together, wherever it may be, 
where it seems as though there's a blockage that needs to be moved. Alongside that, I want to ask you how easy you actually find it to come into the presence of God. Could you just consider those two things for a moment? And then I'm going to invite you to stand with me for a couple of moments. And what we're going to do is, um, um, we're going to call out the name of Jesus together, first of all. Okay? And uh, we're not doing it just to, to make a noise. But we're going to direct the cry, the the shout, the name of Jesus um, to the Father. We're going to appeal to the Father as we cry out as his children, Jesus. Okay? So on the count of three then. One, two, three. Jesus! And again on the count of three. One, two, three. Three, Jesus! And then a third time. One, two, three, Jesus! And then, Father, I just want to pray now in the name of Jesus that that new and living way that Jesus has won for us may be opened fully for every one of us right now that we may find ease of access to the Father, that we may come in through Jesus and find ourselves coming right into that Holy of Holies, that holy place where you are, that we may gaze upon your beauty And in the name of Jesus now, I command doorways of healing and deliverance and liberty to be fully opened in the name of Jesus. Wherever they seem to have been pulled to in somebody's life, so that healing has not come easily, so that deliverance has not come easily, where blessing has not come, flown into lives easily, I command those doors now to be fully opened. In Jesus' name. Every one of them. Everything that needs to be lifted up out of, the, out of the way now. I command it to be lifted up out of the way now. That there may be freedom for us to come into the Father's presence. And freedom for heaven's supplies to come to us. That there may be two-way traffic on that highway. Right now in the name of Jesus. And I'd like you just to lift up your voices and by faith say, Thank you, Father. I receive what you bring. Can we do that together? Okay, from what I heard, most of you were repeating what I just said. I didn't mean it quite like that. I mean in your own words. Thank him for what he's opening for you. And say in your own words, you may like to name what it is that you've been waiting for. And simply say, thank you, Father. By faith, I receive what you give. 
So again, let's lift up our voices then. But just use your own words. Father, Father, Father. Let the river of healing flow. Let deliverance flow. That really big bill that can't be paid. Let unexpected provision come, Father. That area where we have offered our, our prayers with, 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 with tears, being so desperate for you to hear us, and yet there's been no sign of response. We command those doors to be open, whatever needs to be moved to be moved in the heavenlies. That what you sent for us the moment we spoke, the very first time, might come through to us, might reach us. We command the way to heaven to be open in Jesus' name. Right now. Right now. So if you've been waiting for a healing that is slow to materialize, again, just in the name of Jesus, say, Father, by faith I receive that healing now. And as you do that, if you'd like just to speak that out, as you do it, I'm going to say again in the name of the Father, I command the streams of healing to flow without obstruction right now because of who Jesus is. Right now. Holy Spirit, would you just move amongst us and do lovely things? Right now. May it be that you're in a... (laughs) You are really between a rock and a hard place. You just don't know how you're going to get out the situation you're in. That's the time to call on the name of the Lord who hears us and delivers us. If that's you, you can do that. You can do that aloud or you can do it internally, but do it. Call on the name of the Lord from where you are. See the salvation of the Lord. Be still. See. Don't try and work it out yourself. But look to him. Fix your eyes on him. And he will deliver you. Father. Father. Father, so I pray in Jesus' name for the lighthouse this morning. Uh, collectively, Father, that every boulder, every pebble, every grain of sand, every tiny speck of dust that is in the way of the fullness of the flow of your blessing, I command it in Jesus' name to be shifted now that the way may be fully open, that every obstacle may be cleared out of the way, that every door or gate that needs to be shifted may be shifted now, that heaven's full supply may come. Right now, in Jesus' name. Can we say amen together? Amen. 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 And in your personal life, in your personal life, I bless you that where you have identified blockages or stoppages, I bless you in the name of Jesus now that you may find yourself standing in a clear space opened up for you by Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus to experience now the shifting of the obstacles that you may know that God's supply, the fulfillment of his promises, is here for you now. It's flowing. It's no longer caught up by a dam. But I command that dam to be torn down now in the name of Jesus. Every door, every gate shifted, that heaven's supply may come now for you. And there are some of you here and you thought, but it's not going to happen for you. You've waited for so long. And you've decided that you're going to rejoice when you see other people being blessed. 
but you've given up on expecting it for you. But God says, no, no. You are not left out. You're included. You are fully included. This freedom, this supply, is for you as well. It isn't too late. And it isn't all over for you. And if you try and hide behind other people and just rejoice in the good things he's doing for them, he will come and gently draw you by the hand and draw you to the front of the people and lift up your head and release his blessings for you. So again, by faith, will you just say, yes, Lord. I receive what you give. I receive what you give. Now I have a final question for you. Heather, you probably want to come and join me. Um, I have a final question for you. And that is, do you know, do you know that Jesus has become the living way for you? Do you know that he has come for you personally? Have you turned to him and responded to him and allowed him to lift your sin, your shame, your guilt off you and set you free by forgiving you and cleansing you of all that has been in your life? Do you know what it is to do that? Because we can worship him without ever knowing him. We can, observing, we can observe him without having the blood transfusion that brings us into life and freedom. Have you come to him and said, I really want you to come now and rule over my life. I want to know a different kind of life. I want to leave the past behind. And with your help now, walk a new life and live and walk in your blessings. Could we all just bow our, bow our heads for a moment? I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. And if you want to be sure that you really belong to him, you may like to repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I have heard of your love. And I have heard of your goodness. I have heard that you are a God who really is good. And I want to respond to you now. I want to know more than things about you. I want to know how to come into your presence. How to know you in my life. I understand that you have sent Jesus into the world to carry, to bear my sin my guilt, my shame, so that I don't have to carry it anymore. Would you please now lift my guilt, my shame, off me and set me free from sin and guilt and shame from my past and give me right now a brand new start and a totally different quality of life. Holy Spirit, will you please come and live within me and be my helper and counsellor, be my teacher so that I may have your help to live a new life in a new relationship. Jesus, you said that he who comes to you you will never cast out, you will never turn away. So I'm coming to you now Trusting that you will accept me. Never turn me away. So I put my trust in you right now. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you prayed that, can we just keep our heads bowed for a moment and eyes closed? If you prayed that and really meant it, can I ask you just to raise a hand where you are? And uh, I'll be the only person here who, uh, or Heather and I, will be the only people who see that. Okay. Okay. Holy Spirit, will you please move upon those who have indicated response now? Give them in a new way, Father, to come into your presence to know you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.